Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My main man, Craig Hodges, two-time NBA champion, left the league after winning three straight three-point contests, which is still amazing. Craig, great to see you. Appreciate you taking time. I appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity, man. And peace and blessings to you and your listeners during this crazy time, man. You're making news out here talking about the last dance. Let's just get it on the table here. Like, Michael, you know, I was 11 in 1984. Grew up loving him, loving the Bulls, basketball idol, all that. Uh, so, But there's a couple of things that I've been disappointed in the documentary and a lot that I've loved. What was your, I guess, most disappointing moment when you were sitting there and kind of like, you know, your eyes pop up like, whoa, I can't believe that just happened. You know, one of the things for me is just on the question of timing, of why now, what's the gain, what's, what's the purpose? So the first night, the cocaine circus stuff, Second night, throwing Scotty under the bus. The last episode, Horace. And for me, the stuff with Horace is, you know, money and negotiations are one thing, but teammate stuff is, that's the limit, man. And, and for him to say it was Horace and Horace being the type of teammate he is, man, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I, I talked to Sam Smith about it, and he was like, look, you, do, you, do you think that I got 300 pages in a book from one guy? I was around the team. You know, he's had a relationship with Phil Jackson going back to the CBA days before that. Jerry Krause, he told me, invited him to spend a day with him in Portland. He's like, you think I didn't ask him any questions? Can you talk about the relationships that, that Sam had with the team? Because it was different back then. You guys were on the same plane as the, as the media. All the time. And that's the thing, you know, about the media, quote unquote, circus. There's a circus to the outside, but you have those three or four that are constant. And Sam and Lacey Banks were constant. So they were constantly around MJ, constantly. I mean, when I say constantly, I mean constantly. So it was times when, you know, you might walk past and you see them both coming out of MJ's room. So their conversations, I'm sure, was had. And everyone had them with Sam. Sam was cool. It wasn't, you know, Sam was mainly basically fair person. You know, it's one of those things. But everybody's looking for a story. Sam was investigative reporter by trade. So... For him to look into MJ a little bit deeper shouldn't have surprised anybody. And I didn't have any problem with the book. Michael, you're not a perfect person. Neither is, you know, neither is Craig, neither is I, neither is anyone. Nobody. And I think that's the part, like, even, even where we are now, you know, I heard before it came out. In fact, I didn't know anything about The Last Dance until my son brought it to my, my oldest boy brought it to my attention 10 days ago, maybe. And he's like, yeah, Dad, it's going to be uh, M. Gillette. Like, okay, whatever. But I was just saying, why now? What is, what is the timing of it? And when I look at just the whole legacy of MJ, I'm, man, some of it is just, I don't, it's weird. It's just, it's the whole thing is weird to me, just the timing of it. The fact that we're under coronavirus, 
uh, lockdown, quarantine, semi-quarantine, opening, reopening, whatever it may be. And but it's lying for your shoes right now. Yeah. Why why open up for your shoes right now, man? That's and in our community, we're gonna be standing in lines, and the virus is hitting black people harder than anybody. So why why now? Well, and, and you look back on it. I mean, they've been doing the filming for this for a while, and they were planning on releasing it during the NBA Finals, but it got moved up because there are no games and there's nothing, so they realized they could capitalize e- even further. And That's bigger. That's key right there. Yeah. Capitalize. So yeah. you, you, you start filming it. You filmed it 20 years ago, right? <laughs> I, think last, last, I think for two years it's been in the works. Okay, so like that, I, it's just it's just weird timing for me, man. I just yeah. I must say it's weird timing. Yeah, here here's what bothered me, and I'm curious your reaction. They go back in time and they talk about the 1990 uh, race in, in North Carolina, the Senate race, and you got Harvey Gantt, and you've yeah. got uh, whatever his other name, Jesse Helms. Okay, right. I would have been completely fine if Michael had said, "Look, I was soft." I was thinking about my finances. I was thinking about, I, like, the only thing I cared about was basketball. I should have listened to my mother. I was wrong. That would have been fine. But he didn't, there was zero reflection. It was just like, I didn't ever wanted to be Martin Luther King. Nobody was asking you to be Martin Luther King. You weren't, we were asking you to, to endorse a guy who was going up against a borderline white supremacist who was trying to keep black people from voting. So, the, no and it, I, I just didn't get that. I, a little bit of reflection would have been nice. Yeah, you don't want to be Martin Luther King, but you want people to be like Mike. See, my thing is that when you look at that situation for me, when it was going on, it was like, it was a no, it's a no-brainer, man. It's a no-brainer. It really is. So then the other night to hear you explain it out that I, I didn't know enough about, I guess, this platform or whatever, and then I, but I'm going to give them some money. So we're going to money it away. With, and then I'm saying, if you're going to give them money, then give them enough for the entirety of his campaign. You know what I'm saying? Let's, you know, buy some ads or something, something real that, but see, one of my things have always been with, I can't tell anybody what to do with their money and their time of coming into consciousness or anything, any of that. But what I say to them, much is given, much is required. In the city of Chicago, Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jordan could have immense impact, immense impact. And they have, but it hasn't trickled down to stopping violence, creating programs and the like that could really change life for all people in the city of Chicago. My thing is human rights, man. This thing is about human rights. It's not just civil rights, it's about human rights. I love that that has always been a huge thing for you. And I know you, growing up in your household, it was always discussed and you did a ton out at Long Beach State, uh, you know, getting educated even further. Thinking back in time, you know, you, you know magic at that time wasn't, doing a whole lot of talking out. Bird, biggest guy in the NBA, uh, also was, wasn't was uh, a social activist. And Michael was kind of, you could make the argument, just sort of following line. You were the one guy on that team, right, who was quote-unquote woke, that guys would come up and talk to. What were your conversations like with Michael at that time? For me, I don't force, I don't force the information on anybody. You know, I, if I'm reading and you walk by, man, check this out, but look, look what this statement says. You know, if I got some video, I might pop it in the video. I'll put it on, if we, were, if we got an hour bus ride or a two hour flight, I'll pop in the video. And it might be Malcolm X, it might be Dr. King, it might be Minister Farrakhan, it might be a myriad of people. And, but it wasn't ever me pushing it on anyone. I would say stuff to Michael like this, man. 
I'm on, I'm on the court with him. He'll go to the rack and dunk on somebody. And one, and I'll walk up behind him and be like, yeah, man, I saw the angels lift you up on that one. That wasn't none of you. And he'll be like, man, Hodge, there you go, Hodge. But, you know, it was just things like that, that, you know, and Horace and BJ and me and Pax, we would, we would sit, because the, the guys like Scotty, Horace, and um, Pip, they would be in the back, MJ, gambling sometimes. And me, the constant was me, Bill Cartwright, Will Perdue, Pax, and BJ. And we would sit there and we'd have the discussions of the day. What was things like going on? So everybody would have a part, but mine was always on the grounded side of on the human rights end of things and those people who have been oppressed, man. And I always will side on that side. Did it bother you that there was the lack of interest from him specifically with the power that he had or well, could have had? One thing, you know, one thing that I was taught at Long Beach State is that you know, everybody, even those who aren't, would like we say, woke yet, that we we have to just keep throwing the breadcrumbs out there. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a slow seeding process and that we know it's a process and that you do the best you can to drop the information, get information. And I think it's one of those things where people have their minds made up. Minds who, who's a psychologist tells me that by the time you're 18, your mind is basically made up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So from that standpoint, how can and, and see once again, is money everything? You know, is and and so a lot of times people would, you know, want to sit and talk with me, but MJ is the going thing. You know what I mean? And he who has the most gold rules, so the golden rule. Who did take the most interest? I I talked to Horace. And he, he said that you guys would have conversations. It could be about who, you know, it could go any, any which way. Yeah, it would be the, really when we would talk about serious consciousness stuff, myself, BJ, Bill Cartwright, Horace, and Pat. You know, it would be, it would be us who would, you know, and, and one thing I loved about Pat during, during our times on the squad was he was always open-minded. He was always there in his assessment of, you know, whether it be like the Rodney King thing, he was like, man, that, that ain't right. You know what I mean? He couldn't really comment on the, the racist side of it, but he was just that, man, that ain't, that ain't right. And now how do I do something about that? That ain't really on do. Right. Let's go to the White House, and there's two things going on there. Number one, Michael wasn't there. The whole team's going. You would think that he would be with his teammates. There's that. There's that. I'm curious, like, is he holding some resentment towards you from that? I'm, I'm assuming not, but it's like, why are you not in the documentary? Really, really like that? I don't, I wonder about that. I wonder about that really, because it's really, I don't want to say I, but it's I. I found, I, I don't know. It's, it's cool. I don't know if Cliff got, I don't, it's just like you said, it's a lot of people that probably didn't get interviewed, but I yeah. felt like I played a significant role in us getting over the hump. But it's one thing, Tex Warner was my college coach. Mm-hmm. When Phil Jack put us in triangle, Tex Winter and Craig Hodges taught the Chicago Bulls a triangle, not Tex Winter and Phil Jackson. So when I look at all of this about going to triangle and all of that, the transition in the triangle was made smooth because Craig Hodges and Tex Winter had been together for four years at Long Beach State, and I was a doctorate in the triangle. So when I look at all of these teams who are struggling to be in the playoffs, and you have all the pieces you need 
but you're going to play analytic basketball and get your brains beat out because you're going to shoot all these three-point shots, not even a third of them going to go in, but you're going to continue to have guys who come in and walk to the three-point line instead of run to the basket, and you've got to lay up. It's a stupid game, and it's, I'm glad I played in the golden era of the game. Well, let me, let me bring up some other topics where Craig Hodges could have been brought into the conversation. Hey, Craig, when Craig Elo beat you back door, you know, you, 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 you could have, you know, there's a million. Hey, Craig, the last, I, I'm not sure on this because I was doing the research today when we connected, but I looked back on it. In game five in 1990, or 89, I want to say, you had 19, MJ finished with 18, you end up losing game five, and then you come back and uh, Lambeer knocks out Scotty. You guys lose game six. That was the series. I think that's the only time in NBA history that a player outscored Jordan in a playoff game in his own, on his own team. But, see, you know, man, understood. Understood. And I agree. And I'm, a starting, I'm, I'm in the starting lineup at the time, right? Yep. Okay, now, how did I get out the starting lineup? I, you tell me. No, find out. I want, I want – and, see, those are the type of questions I want you to, as an individual <laughs> – Independent investigative reporter, ask Sam Smith. Put the word, ask MJ that. I want to know. I want to know how in the NBA do you be the top three-point shooter in the game, you do what you just said I did, and I'm out of the starting lineup. But I didn't bitch about it. I didn't bitch about it. And that's the part that is to me like, okay, sacrifices were made. Everybody wasn't. We passed to you, you got your money. I gave up my starting spot because Phil knew I wouldn't moan and groan about it. I'm going to win. But why was I taken out of the starting lineup? And I venture to say because Michael Jordan didn't want me in the backcourt being able to be close to him on any given day on an average. And I'm from Chicago. I'm from here. So... I get love. Like right now, man, I'm getting more love. I'm getting more love than I ever have in my career. And I thank you, your listeners, your audience, and everybody who's been sending me love, man. It's crazy. It's crazy to me that you intend to ostracize me and continue not to give me any love. And I'm cool with that. All-Star Weekend in my hometown. Won championships here. Won three-point titles here. Had no inclusion at the United Center. Didn't get a ticket. Didn't have any credentials. I didn't get that either. Because I saw you at the hotel in, in one of the events, and I'm like, are they taking care of Hodge here? I mean, I didn't know, but I was, I was wondering. And see, like, you know what's so crazy and interesting? Okay, interesting to me. You have... The slam, and I want you to get it if you don't have it already. The Slam Magazine for 2020 All-Star Weekend. Okay. Get it. You have Michael Jordan on the cover. On the back is his Unite for his Air Jordan that he branded with Zion Williamson. Okay? I'm nowhere in the book. How? How can you have the finest Chicago's finest, and you have Ronnie Fields, Jamie Brandon, Tamika Ketchings, but you don't have Kevin Duckworth, 
Rod Higgins, Mitchell J.J. Anderson. I ain't even say Craig Hodges. You follow me? And like now, with me, I'm saying, how do y'all exclude me out of the book? But MJ, in watching this thing, I'm saying, oh, man. So y'all going to not let me be in a book, but y'all also got this guy coming out, and y'all don't want your boy in that? So remember, I don't know if you've seen the part the other night when BJ he was shooting at the White House. Yeah. They cut that segment. I'm right after that shooting because Bush asked, Phil, who's the best shooter? He says, he has to be the best shooter. So Phil say, no, it's Tim. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's funny to me, but I love it. I love it, man. I love it. I mean, I've seen the pictures, and I, I think you've told me before that you made like nine out of ten in shooting the daishiki, right? Nine out of ten, I didn't miss, man. Yeah. So, and to me, like, if you're doing a complete doc here, that's part of the story. You guys won the title. What was the reason that he didn't go? Was it just because he wanted to go golfing? Or was there a statement there? And if there was a statement there, I'd be interested to hear it. That, that's it. And that's the thing, like, for me, <clears throat> I saw, did you see what Ken Burns, the great documentarian, said? I, I didn't yeah. see what he said. Go ahead. Get a chance. Check out Ken Burns, because I'm a Ken Burns fan from the stuff that he does from the Civil War through all of the stuff that he does on PBS. So he says that Michael Jordan's documentary can't really be qualified almost as a documentary because he has too much involvement in it. That he's not going to show those pieces of the documentary that's going to tell and put together the story and timeline the way that it should. And I was like, wow, he's saying the same thing I'm saying almost. Well, that's the issue with Michael as far as he doesn't do anything like this unless it benefits him. And then if he's going to do it, he's going to want some level of control. In Michael's mind, I think he thinks that he's being you know, quote unquote, transparent, but there's obviously stuff in there that he, that is not in there, including, you know, right now, obviously we're talking about yourself and, 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 and 91, but he let the, the Harvey Gant conversation happen. And he also let the, the Isaiah stuff in there, which, uh, which was, you know, not flattering, I guess, but to me, it's like, that's a rivalry and there's nothing to apologize for on either side, really. Right. Right. And then, you know, my thing is, Hey man, we're, I'm 59 years old, man. Get ready to be 60 next year. What is my responsibility to the next generation of student athletes? You know what I'm saying? And how do I galvanize support for, and see like the basketball, the student athleticism is one part, but the other part is just the human condition part. How do I be a warrior for human rights and not have to not have to fall on my sword just to stand on righteousness and be able to try to make a living by it. I, you know, when I look at in the city of Chicago, when I wrote the letter to President Bush and we went to the White House, 900 murders that year. I was speaking on that, man. When I'm speaking to this, I'm not hollering and beefing with MJ. I'm speaking to those entities that are power brokers in our demise. That if we are buying your shoes at a crazy rate, but it's not no jobs coming from it. What is the trade-off that we just continue to consume and like, like, where, we're, like where we are now? We're consuming your product again. And you're getting, did you see where it has lines around the corner for his shoe sales right now? That's crazy, man. During the, during the coronavirus, you're selling your shoe right now. Is it that important? Is the timing tied to 
the release of your video, whether it's been 2020 in the summer or whether it be right now, because we needed something to be on TV right now and market is perfect. Well, and like that part, I scratched my head because, you know, when you're a billionaire with a B, I mean, how many more yachts can you ski behind? I mean, it, it, it's not gonna, there's no impact on anything. So, yeah, it's like a zero sum game at that point, man. What, yeah. what, what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what, what are you getting? And that's what I'm wondering. You know, what are you getting? Are you just getting the last jab at Horace? You know, a last Scotty rub, rub this in your face, you know, and that those, the teammates that you came into the league with that was part of the traveling circus, you just, what, man? No respect for him? No, you know, no respect. To me, it's like, okay, when you do that to Horace, you ain't got no respect for him instead of calling him, yo, man, did you say that shit? Or whatever, you know what I mean? That yeah. It's just, it's just I, don't, well, I, don't, I don't see how, how you could do it. To me, it's like, look, I was always about myself. I was always about basketball, being the best. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I didn't apologize for it then. I'm not apologizing for it now. I have made anything I did. I, I have no regrets. And, and you know, I, you know, you know, it's so, you know, for, for real, man, that this almost needed to be done his fourth year in the league. Why do you say that? That let's take this and put this in the fourth year in the league. And you tell people, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna help do I'm not gonna help no politicians. I ain't gonna help no teammates. I'm not gonna help nobody get up on the level that I'm up. So the same people who helped you become a world champion by any stretch of the imagination, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You're not gonna mention the other one when you're talking about those teams that won in the nineties. So how could how how could maybe maybe think you better than everybody? I guess I don't know, man. But it's it's wild, man. It's well, and I I do wonder, like Mike, greatest player ever, play all that. You got all the championships, and I think I think Craig, you go with Kareem. For me, it was like the greatest in '88 and '89. I didn't care if he ever won. Like what he was doing on the court, like this is ridiculous. You're 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 leading the league in scoring. You're the best defensive player. Okay, I like if you. Like, to me, it was, it was more about if, if guys got around him, you know, it became great, and, and Scotty did, and you guys, the whole system with Tex. I didn't realize personally, by the way, how important that was, and, and you're rolling it too. So all of that. I, I do wonder, like, are you a happy guy? Oh, like, man, brother. <laughs> and and you, know, you know so wild, man, is that I feel so blessed to be here at this day and time knowing that it's a divine inheritance coming, man, you know? People can't be dying at this rate and something's not going on. Something is going on, man. And you can feel it in, you can feel it in the energy, in the energetics of people between the ages of 18 and 30. They're feeling something and I'm watching them. And it's, they, they're saying something just ain't right. And they got, and they're not standing for anything but transparency and clarity. And it's time for that. And I'm, man, it's just, I'm I'm happy, man. I'm researching. So the quarantine for me is just been an extra, more ex, extra time for me to do my push-ups, do my crunches, you know, and keep studying and researching, which is my love, reading and writing. 
I'm curious what your reaction was when you saw, and this is a couple of years back now, but when LeBron, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo get up at the ESPYs and, you know, make a powerful statement. No and doubt. So, you know, and that you didn't see that back when you all were playing. Like that, that no, these no. are these are four dudes at the t- you know close to the top, and LeBron's at the top of the game, and they are very much in the public. And LeBron doing what he's doing with his promise school. All of it, man. All of yeah. it. And, you know, it's a it's a beautiful time that you know, and they have the support base of social media, man. And I think that is so critical for this day and time. When you look at myself and Mahmoud Abdul Raouf stuff that we went through during our time, it was one of those things that team is going to support the local paper. Local paper is not going to go against the team, so the team won't allow the local paper in the locker room. So you being able to tell your tale, it's going to be hard or harder. So now with the social media, people can come out right away, instantaneously, feel the pulse of the people and, and, and get the information to them. And when we played in our first championship against the Lakers, I asked Michael Jordan and Magic, let us boycott as a team. You know, because we at that point, 21 of the 24 athletes were black, and we were looking for black ownership, black general managers, black executives, all that in the league. Work stoppage is the only time we can do work stoppages, the playoffs or All-Star Weekend. And like you're looking now, the, the NBA is scrambling and, and looking at those receipts that they're not making and wondering how is this thing going to come out? How, how is – and you, we stop on the, on, the, on the civilization scale and say, what impact – forces had in keeping people not clued in on what's real, not clued in on what's economics, not clued in on, man, is the job, is the, is the economy really is doing as well as it is, but boy, I can watch my game on Saturday. My team is playing today. Now, none of those teams are playing, and we're at that point in time in our history that we've never been at before. And I liken it to every single household is like your own um, covered wagon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and what is this model going to be coming out of here, both ed- educationally in its terms of, in its terms of congregationally? What is it going to be when people get, look how long it took us to get away from each other and how soon we'd be ready to get back to one another? Craig, do, what do you remember about the timeline? Because I'm trying to piece it together in my head. From Rodney King to when that happened to when the finals were, do you, do you remember the, like that? I can't, chronolo- I can't remember the, the actual timing of it. You know, it's one of those things that, and, and see, you know, when you're in, when you're in the moment, man, a lot of times you're not putting times and dates together. It's like, man, y'all see homeboy get beat down last night? No, somebody else on the bus say, who are you, what are you talking about? I didn't see it, man. Oh, man, hold up, man. And then it comes, oh, man, that, then you start to see things and then you're not really putting, you know, like it may have been early in the earlier in the season or was it closer towards the playoff time? I don't. Regardless though, it was before the finals and you, you got Michael and magic together in a room or how did that go down? Just in passing. I I spoke to Michael in passing all the time about this. This is seeing in that to me is one of the things where a lot when I'm talking to people all the time about rights and that type of thing. So when I'm like, yo, man, we need to boycott this. Man, how is that too extreme? You sure? That, let me ask, let me, yo, Magic, we need to boycott this. Man, they ain't going to go for that. Okay? I'm Craig Hodges. I, 
they damn sure ain't gonna follow me. They gonna y'all are the money maker. So in 1963, when the the black brothers that was in the NBA All Star game couldn't stay in hotels with the white brothers, they said Jerry West and Elgin Baylor said we're not gonna play for them. We're not we're not gonna come out, and it became a players union. So there's been precedent set by us sitting on our behinds and not playing and getting some things happening. So what type of rollout is this going to be coming out of this? going to be very interesting. Because you well, see moves are already being made on the level of high school going pro now. Because the NBA saw that there's a level of player that don't really want to go to school, good enough to play, that can go overseas and make money. Yep. And that's going to be uh, a big challenge for the NCAA to figure out how they want to get, how they want to make that right. A criminal organization, in fact. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's no true. Uh, I'm just thinking about 91 then where I, I mean, I think it, in Michael's case, it may be magic the same. Like they didn't, they didn't have the, the desire and or the stomach for it, but, but they also didn't realize if, if they had wanted to, they didn't really realize who had the power. I mean, the power was theirs. And see, you know, the power has always lied with the players, but gen different generations, you come through, like when, when we were coming through, we were the last, I think, under that authoritarian coach mythology where the coach is like your daddy. The coach, you don't never say nothing wrong. The coach don't do nothing wrong. You come home and – the coach beat you and your daddy beat you again for the coach not beating you hard enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's generational, man. So it's it's I feel so good that to come along during the time of the game that we did, man. Before we leave this one, uh, I just want to throw a shout out to Oscar because I know I was watching something recently. That dude did a ton. Brother, brother, brother. You know, and I tell people, you know, I got the I got the goat behind me. There he Muhammad, is. Muhammad Ali, you know, but when I think about the inspiration for me and my career and, and the stature that I wanted to get to and just knowing the game, Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell, them guys, man, them the guys to me that they made the NBA, man. They made the NBA what it is. When you go back and you see the quotes for Bill Russell – and there was one that I saw recently, like, do you think it'll be a problem for white, be white people being coached by a black guy? And he just looks at him, and maybe it was Negro, nope, and said nothing else. It was. Yeah, man. And that's, that, the bill, bill is no, it's like, ain't no chaser. <laughs> you know, it's straight. It's straight. So don't, if you want anything other than that, you're not going to get it from Bill, man. And I just appreciate his sacrifices that he made to make sure that, you know, People could, could respect us as men and not just as, oh, he's a great athlete, so we respect him from that, and that he was able to show, you know, that it wasn't about being a dumb jock. It was about being well-rounded. And Oscar the same way, man, same way. I know it gives you pride to have your small part in, in, in being named with those guys over Bro, time. Man, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, growing up – Man, I'm from the projects in Chicago Heights, man. I, and that's that out of people. What you mean about that, man? I laugh about that because I know when we talk about project housing in America, it's a project. It was a project that was put in place to see how you're going to come out of that project. You know what I'm saying? So I know the potential of people in general, man, and 
and you have to be blessed with a great support system. And I had that growing up. And I feel great, man, just to know that my mom, who's a freedom fighter and, and fought the years that I'm, I'm from that cloth, man. And I want, I'm glad to be considered in that same thread, bro. For real. Yeah. Let, let's, let me do two hoop questions and, and then we'll get on out of here. And I, I, Craig, I really appreciate your time. It's, it's always great to catch up with you. Cool, cool. So, so my contention uh, that the greatest team of all time and the best Bulls team was the 91 team. Now, you played on both 91 and 92. But I think about the 91 team, 15-2 and two in the playoffs, swept the Pistons, and really the two games that you all lost. One, you, you were nervous against the Lakers, game one of the first time in the finals, in and out, balls halfway down, comes out. And the other game you lost to the Sixers, I think you were down like 20 and lost exactly. in overtime. To me, yeah. that's the best team of all time. Brother, I, I agree. And, like, you know, people – like when um you know when I was with the Lakers shooting coach and you know Kobe Lord West is so you know I walk through I walk through and he's getting taped and he'll be like yeah Hodge we'd have got y'all ninety one I say man this is what I tell him no he's like what you mean now two words who Michael Jordan nope Bill Cartwright and he's like, what you mean? Jack wasn't doing all that against Bill. I don't care what you say. All that old dunking and swinging around, nope, ain't happening with Bill. He's going to have to guard Bill for one. And likewise, Bill, Bill controlled the paint all the years that he played in the paint. You know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I was talking with uh, Will Perdue like, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and I asked him how Bill got Michael's respect, and he said – the fact that the the way he was able to communicate defensively and he knew he could, he would allow Michael to jump the passing lane, Scotty do the same thing. And they knew they had this rock back there. who knew what the hell he was doing. Is that, exactly. is that how, yeah. No doubt about it, man. And that's the part where, you know, all that Michael and the Jordan airs and all that, man, when you look at, when you, if you came to one hour practice, you will see Michael, not the, not the, he wasn't, he was the alpha dog for the public, but, Bill Cartwright was the man, and he was that silent leader, brother. It's interesting. My last one now, because it's interesting to hear you talk about Texas influence, and I, I never really quite understood that until I'm just hearing a bunch of you guys talk about it. How did the guys eventually understand the triangle, and how did that change the whole team? Well, I think, you know, with Phil, Phil is a method, uh, methodical, and likewise, he's always – thinking of ways to keep your attention. You know, don't let it get boring. And with the triangle, you can never get you can never get bored in the triangle. And I think one of the things with Tex and implementing it, he made players feel and see where they can get off in. And I think that was the exciting part of it is to see, man, I'm gonna get you like for instance, Dennis Rodman got so many, many more rebounds from being in triangle compared to the way he played in Detroit. In Detroit, he would have to be anchored under the basket in certain positions. When you're on that weak side wing of the triangle, you're getting running starts at rebounds. And that's something that you never have in any other, any other offense. So the offense lends itself to what players are capable of doing. And once we got it going, it was a whole new ball game. Man. Was Michael fighting it? Uh, every, for sure, because this whole thing was initially 
he knew that it was going to be less touches. All right? And less touches is less money. And that's the part where Scotty was saying, hey, I need more touches. Or saying, I need more touches. And that's the part where I think, you know, the triangle is the equal opportunity employer, man. If, you, if you're able to shoot the ball, you're going to have wide open shots that you're going to get. The same that you practice, you're going to get in game. Where other offenses, you don't know when. Like now, when I watch people dribble around, screen and rolls, you go from this side, you go to the other side. Me as a shooter, where do you want me to spot up at? Because I don't know where you're going with your next dribble. So the our offense was more ball movement, player movement, you know what I'm saying, and spacing, where the game is different now, man. But, you know, you had guys, but once MJ saw that he was going to be able to score almost as many points with probably 40% less energy. Craig Hodges, though, fits in today's game. You know you're, you're bombing threes in this game. Brother, you know, and that's what I tell people. I came to the league as a point guard for my first four years in the league. Don Nelson went to a point forward situation with Paul Preston and took me off the ball. But I could dribble, man. I could dribble around up and, and get just cross half court and get a pick. You're in, you're in shooting range. So it would have been fun to play in this damn time. Yeah. Hey, Hodge, great to catch up with you, man. I really appreciate it. Be safe, man. Peace to all your listeners and everybody be good and drink plenty of water. You as well, Craig. Great to see you. Peace, man. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.